0: I'm Kelsey, nutritionist turned visionary online entrepreneur. Okay, I realize that gives you no context as to who I am or what I do. I just really like the sound of that tagline. Anyways, I'm an online coach, content creator, ghostwriter, and forward-thinking business owner. My career path has been anything but ordinary, and I've navigated my fair share of drastic industry and job changes. On this weekly show, I share about my personal journey through career highs and lows, and I interview fellow entrepreneurs who share their unique paths as well, in hopes of inspiring you to start walking out your most visionary life. You can expect interviews and conversations about living an inspired life, becoming an entrepreneur, and running a thriving business. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go. Welcome back. This week on the show, we have Nimaya Ariana, a visionary artist who lives in Toronto. This episode is unlike any other in the archives, so you'll definitely want to tune in. But first, I thought I'd give you a little update. So I just hosted my first mini podcast tour. That happened this past week in Prince Edward County, Ontario. If you follow my Instagram stories, I got really excited and wanted to show you a lot through that medium. This was a place I was rather unfamiliar with before my episode with the ladies from the June Motel, which you can still listen to if you haven't already, so scroll back and find that one. April and Sarah from the June, they're the founders. They encouraged me to come up to the county and meet with some visionary business owners who are doing incredible work to make the county the hotspot that it is today. And it is on fire, I'm telling you. Dave and I spent a night at the June, and within 24 hours, I was able to record four very different interviews for the podcast, all of which were really, really good. So be sure to stay tuned. May and June, I'll be launching those episodes. Also, we fell in love with the county and have highly considered uprooting our life for a year to live there. Kind of joking, kind of not. Maybe it's just the excitement that I'm feeling um, post-podcast tour. So, I'm going to be hosting more of these mini tours. And if you know a business or a city that would benefit from some podcast exposure and that's got a handful of visionary entrepreneurs, let me know. I would love to get in touch. Also, I've been working on some other new projects, many of which are coming into the final stage. So, stay tuned for exciting announcements. If you've been following my visionary content and are enjoying what I'm putting out, then I'm certain that you'll enjoy the evolution of my brand. This podcast is and always will be free content for you, so I'd be really grateful if you could share it or give it a rating and review on iTunes. That helps more eyes land on the show and allows me to keep bringing you content from some of the world's most inspiring business owners. Okay, so today, Nimaya. From the moment i arrived at her home i was amazed at her warm personality and welcoming spirit she lives in this gorgeous studio apartment in toronto where she can basically sleep cook and create big art installations all within one little space and it was really neat to be present in her workspace because she was able to walk me through her different creations and explain her creative process She really opened up to me from the moment I met her, which was really neat. Aside from her beautiful home decor, her artistic talents, and her eye for design, Nemaya is just a beautiful soul, and her presence is so calming yet energetic. Welcoming me with slippers and cookies, which we talk about a lot because the cookies were amazing, it felt like I had known her for years. So in this episode, Nimaya and I chat about the internal struggles she experienced as a child and how she navigated that, the car accident and the trip to Costa Rica that changed her life, why she moved to New York City with no job and how it all ended up working out. We talk about manifestation, what it means to be a visionary artist and designer and not being afraid to create your own job title, the natural evolution that comes when you're when you are your own business. That's a tongue twister. Finding balance between work and play and how she stays inspired and creative while working from home. I hope you enjoy this episode. Definitely let me know and I'll talk to you at the end of So hi Nemea, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on the show today and thank you for welcoming, welcoming me into your beautiful space. Thank you. It is a joy to have you here and I really appreciate you being
1: able to come in and you know experience a part of me. This is my heart, this is my home, so welcome. Yeah, and you. I'm really
0: feeling that. So just to give the listeners some context, um, you live in this incredible cross between like a studio and an apartment would you say
1: yeah so this is two
0: spaces in one but it's got beautiful exposed brick and there's art on the wall and it's bright and just a very cool space there's actually one of your former exhibits I believe on the floor right now um so yeah it's just (laughs) I lo- One thing I love about doing these podcast recordings in person is being able to come into your in- come into your space or invite you into mine and really just get to know each other through sharing you know a snack and a drink and you've made these wonderful whoopie pies which, we chatted about before we started recording, but something that, like, I probably haven't had since I was, like, 10 years old, <laughs> but they're, like, these chocolate cookies with icing in the middle, so anyways, yeah, we are well taken care of. <laughs> super
1: exciting, because, like, I, it's a kind of a childlike experience for me as well, and it's also a very American kind of thing, and it's something that you can't really get here, so I like the yeah. fact that it's a specialty, and it also brings me back to, like, memories of living and being in there, but also... Um, getting to try something new for you. So thank you. So exciting. (laughs) Anyone
0: who gives me chocolate has already won me over. So (laughs) love it. Um, awesome. So yeah, you and I are only actually meeting for the first time and you're our first artist, I would say, who's being featured on the Visionary Life podcast. So I'm really looking forward to opening up a conversation around this whole realm of something that I personally don't know a lot about. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure my listeners are Extremely curious as well. So, um, before we dive in, I would love to start with some rapid fire questions. So, just answer whatever comes to mind um, and spit out whatever your first thought is. So, is there a book that's impacted your life?
1: Um, There's actually a couple.
0: So, the
1: very first one that I would actually that kind of comes to mind is the journey of souls mm. um, it is a collection of case studies that was done by dr. Michael Newton and he taps into the subconscious and the superconsciousness experience by exploring hypnosis life between life hypnosis so asking questions as to why are we here why do we choose certain lives what kinds of souls are there on the planet and what are we here to do which led me into the discovery of like Dolores Cannon. And Dolores Cannon is also somebody who does the hypnosis therapies that does like kind of will say Life Between Lives, but it's not exactly what she calls it. And through that I ended up getting more into like videos and YouTube that kind of so that's been more of my presence of my experience diving into the quantum physics fields um, within the YouTube documentary states and those pieces have really impacted me to understand the, the lessons that have been coming through that were not accessible to just like the naked eye being able to ask your parents or ask your friends Mm -hmm. necessarily because it takes you once you start awakening it starts traveling you on a journey to discover new people new places new experiences Mm -hmm. and those two books sorry, that book with journey of souls dr. Michael Newton and anything by Dolores Cannon has just been so impactful to discover you know what I the way that I describe how I live is a multidimensional experience. So that's really allowed me to
0: explore those things. So fascinating. I'm definitely going to link both of those books in the show notes so that people can find them. Awesome. Uh, what's a restaurant or meal of choice and why you love it? Ooh, a restaurant lately, it's been Hello123 yeah, down
1: here. Yeah, I love that restaurant. Uh, heaven, I just opened, I think a little while ago, um, and their brunch beast, so it's usually like a Sunday brunch kind of thing that I go to, and it's like this kale, uh, not kale, uh, sweet potato. Uh, piece. I can't
0: remember the name of it but it's like to die for yeah. her, and it's it's the thing that I get every time it's so good <laughs> I had a brunch date there with some friends a couple months ago and it was delicious I wanted everything on the menu <laughs>
1: and it's one of the best I think vegan spots in the city and it's yeah. so close to where I am now that it's really great to have something so local so holistic but also you still have a reasonable price point, yeah. but then you also have really great design, you have really great culture, you have all of the things intermittent into, mm-hmm. mingled into one, and I think yeah. it's really is able to speak to a
0: lot of the different markets that are around here. Yeah, so side question, mm-hmm. being an artist yourself, does the design of a restaurant yes. usually play a big part in how much you like it?
1: 100%, yeah. I will not walk into a restaurant or even a uh, like a shop if I do not like their design or even um, feel comfortable with their energy I can sense and feel an energy of a space immediately even before I walk in a door sometimes I'll walk in and I'll walk out right away if something's a little bit off yeah. and I don't need to or want to engage in that mm-hmm. kind of experience so yeah design decor and
0: energy holistic vibes very key for me mm-hmm. <laughs> It's so funny. I was traveling with my fiance Dave a few months ago and we had walked into this restaurant and we thought we were going to eat dinner there. And immediately I just started feeling like this really negative energy and I started like closing off and I almost burst into tears and I was like, I can't eat here. We have to go. And I just started panicking and I was getting just, I I can't describe it. It just wasn't the right place. And I knew I didn't want to consume food there. It's not that it was like dirty or anything like that, but sometimes you just you have this innate feeling and so
1: and you need to follow those because something that I definitely would love to mention on that point because it brings up a really solid um Uh, just Mm note and when you consume a food that is done or like made in anger or has just we'll just say any kind of negative vibe in and around it Mm -hmm. you are impacted by it that's just it's the same thing as why a lot of people go to veganism because they're impacted by the cruelty that happens with animals Mm -hmm. and in some cases and when you are a sensitive being and you're picking up those experiences And you eat it anyways You will have to move through that energy yourself and that can be at times Mm -hmm. Very heavy and very difficult especially Mm -hmm. for people who don't know how to handle that kind of process Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of times transference of we'll just say negative juju kind of thing Like that happens in those spaces when people are angry and and mean Mm -hmm. or whatever over and in and around food And that could be in a very beautiful visual space mm-hmm. so I'm very sensitive to those things as well and I yeah. definitely encourage other people to be at, like
0: take note of those kinds of things because mm-hmm. it impacts our world yeah it's actually one of the reasons I stopped practicing as a nutritionist because people would be like oh I know I need to eat 40 grams of chicken and I need to you know just get in like my vegetables and eggs and then they would want to just go buy it all from Walmart and stick to this very rigid meal plan and just wanted to shake them and be like there's so much more like go eat the cookie if you made it and if it's gonna make you feel good and it's just it's hard to communicate with that that with some people who just haven't really I don't want to say like awoken yet but they're just not tuned in necessarily mm-hmm. so Yeah, it's just the amount of energy that a food can hold and how some people don't pick up on that, yet I am like (laughs) hypersensitive to it, is crazy. I completely can agree with that one. Um, (laughs) What's one thing you do every single day that's non-negotiable? My morning pages. Uh, Well, I guess except for weekends Uh,
1: and a morning shower. (laughs) Can you? <laughs> I like that. That's, that's good. Like that's my clean. cleansing time. And it's important for me every single morning for me to clear my mind um, is to wake up and have water right away. Not just water, a drink of glass, but a water to pour through my mm-hmm. chakra system. So I go through a whole cleansing ritual in the shower to really cleanse my aura. And then I step into the morning
0: pages. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big part of it because it's cleansing my visual landscape as well. So talk about your morning pages for a second, because I'm sure many people have no idea what that is and how they would ever incorporate this. So can you just walk us through what that little ritual looks like?
1: Definitely. So I started doing these morning pages because I was already a big writer and I've crossed paths with The Artist Way a couple times and I know the basis of the, the journey that goes through it. And I wanted to find something a little bit different for me because I needed to step away from my writing and do more of my painting. I needed to get out, just clear my, my mind and my vision a lot more. I have these like headaches and migraines that take place um, as the the third eye is opening and expanding more and more. Mm-hmm. So the, the more that I sit and I work with these pages, the clearer my vision actually gets. So it changes the way that I see and perceive energies. Um, so in the morning I'll wake up and I'll go through like my morning rituals. I'll either go through a shower, do that kind of like grab a tea, sit down and I'll actually sit at this table and I'll really just allow myself to go into a really great meditative space. Turn on some music, usually some solfeggio frequencies in the morning and allow it to just consume the whole environment. And then I just open my book and I always have markers, um, or actually they're paint pens on the on the table. So I have a bunch of different um, kind of sizes and widths and, and different tools for me to play with. And I just flip a page and I just stop thinking and go into just pure creation. And that process I go through about at least, or at maximum about 15 pages a day. Uh, sometimes it'll be like one or two and for some reason it'll just be that's all I need Mm -hmm. and I just trust those kinds of instincts and then I just write them really quickly and then I throw them on the ground. And I don't really throw throw them on the ground, I put them on the ground because I like to see how they land. And it's almost as if they are like memory cards. Mm -hmm. And what I get and continue to see is that their thoughts and their visions of what I've experienced in dream states or just like little captures in a vision of what where I've been at in my mindset that day. And it's pretty awesome to see how some days I'm just, I'm just on circles. I just want to sit with a circle and I'll just repeat it and repeat it. But each and every single one is a different feeling, is a different emotion, it's a different, just completely different vibe. And yeah, so then sometimes I get palm trees and it's pretty awesome and sometimes it's completely abstract, but it's always black and white. (laughs) can anyone
0: do these morning pages or is this merely an artist's creation that? I feel like everyone can do them. I feel like everyone is an artist
1: at their heart. Um, What comes out is completely up to the individual. We each have the ability to tap into an idea, a thought, a vision at the same rate as anybody else. It comes in and flows into consciousness and then whoever chooses to pick it up will pick it up. So there is no, uh, I would say no limits to what's possible. So to me, I believe that's a really valuable practice and because it was something that was just so uh, abundant and effortless in my life, I decided to start taking these pieces and selling them because I wasn't at first, I was just doing it for myself. So I've been selling them personally, um, and a part a portion of those funds go to an ayahuasca fund that I have created, and that's to support others who seek alternative care, alternative medicine. Um, and the healing that only Mother Nature can provide, because some of us really need those kinds of experiences, might not be able to afford or be able to understand where to go and look Mm -hmm. to um, experience that. So I've just started that, and by the end of the year, I hope to be able to take somebody down to Peru with me on my first retreat.
0: Very cool. Okay, so we'll definitely link those morning pages in the show notes Mm -hmm. as well, in case anyone is looking to get started with that type of morning ritual. Okay, so got to rewind here, so yes, (laughs) I think we need to share just a little bit about your journey and I really want the listeners to get to know you. So Mm -hmm. I actually pulled something out from, I believe it was a blog that you had written and I tend to dig through the archives of my guests, so um, I'd love to go back to life before your car accident. So off air, we were chatting about um, a pivotal, 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 I can't say that word. (laughs) moment in your life which was getting into a car accident and i read somewhere that you said i struggled with my life perspective as from an early age i didn't want life i struggled to find ways to be happy feel clear and content with who i was And to be honest, I still am because I am a work in progress. I just think that's so beautifully written and I just wanted to share that. So obviously um, something was going on before the car accident. Can you just give us a brief overview of what was life like um, in that moment and why you weren't really wanting to go on with your life? Uh, A lot of it just came from
1: internal struggle. Uh, Since I was a young child, uh, as far as I can remember, to be honest, even though I have been told my family has memories of me being a really, really happy child, Mm -hmm. internally, I was very unhappy. I would have experiences where I would lock myself into my room and completely shut myself out from the world, going to screaming fits and like high-pitched frequencies coming through me. And I didn't really understand what was happening so i would be feeling these heavy weights kind of in my life in my heart in my body unable to get up Go to go to work or go to school or even just like go out and spend time with friends mm-hmm. I just wasn't able to cope with reality to be honest okay. and I don't know why that was exactly except for the fact that I am someone who is very sensitive to energies and is very sensitive to what the planetary experience is as an empath as a healer um, as as a creator So with that experience, I would often call for death. Now, I didn't understand at that time, calling for death is really calling for a change of perspective, a change in experience. Since my journeys through healing, since my journeys through the car accident, through uh, my own studies, my re-endeavors into my creative gifts and, and my integration with these plant medicines such as ayahuasca, which has played such a big, big role in my life, which I was led to because of the car accident, mm-hmm. um, it's really opened my mind up to what is life after death and what is what is life and what is death. So I've really been playing with that in my mind and it's quite interesting now to see other people playing with those and toying with those ideas as well that have also helped um, kind of trigger acceptance of the ideas that have kind of flowed into me. So when going through that car accident, um, I had had asked for it obviously um, through just like an internal, please just take me away and then receiving it i ended up really acknowledging how life is so beautiful um but i didn't see it so what i would say right now is it's as if the first part of my life there was at some point something in my mind switched off and in those moments it switched off color it switched off the sparkles in the sky so like to me the way that I see life now is I literally see sparkles in the sky mm-hmm. sometimes people think that's a little woo woo but it's just who I <laughs> no am way, yeah um, it's a part of the, the synesthesia experience that we all have ability to tap into it's just how much are we going to progress and how much are we going to um, move and shift and mold the mind in the ways that we want or need or can um, and so those things were switched off to, on me in a really early age. And then suddenly it started to turn on a little bit more and it started to turn on a little bit more. And then I would shut it off again and then I would turn it on and then I would turn it off. And it wasn't really until I decided to say no more of the Western side medicine going into Eastern medicine, going into meditation, going into energy work, and going into the ritual practices that I started to really trigger and get into, oh, wait a minute, now I see color in life, Mm -hmm. now I see this this green grass is no longer a faded, muted uh, green. It is now the richest green that I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. It is almost electric and feel where that wasn't happening before.
0: So we can literally see things very differently Mm -hmm. just by a flick of a switch in our mind. So fascinating. Yeah, I can relate in some of my own experiences. I am someone who always sees the weather as like a very positive. Um, state of weather and I remember I mean maybe we had a really bad summer I think a couple years ago and everyone kept saying it rained all summer the weather was awful it was so cold and in my eyes it had been the brightest most cheery I didn't remember a single day of rain and I kept hearing people complain about it and to this day almost every day we talk about the weather with someone right and I find a lot of people complain about it but I've got this switch, like you say, flipped on, that makes me actually see the good in the weather. So even when it's like minus 30, I think, isn't it great that it's so fresh and crisp outside? Whereas the person beside me is like, I effing hate this weather, I'm freezing. And this is like, just, you know, the worst. And so I realized, gosh, we all see things so differently. Um, For someone who is maybe experiencing life right now in more of that black and white state maybe they're unhappy in their job or you know they're getting out of a relationship or they're still trying to find themselves like what what did that journey look like for you being able to flip on the switch you say from western to eastern medicine was that kind of like the biggest change that you made in order to see sparkles again or you know like how many different modalities did you have to kind of walk yourself through to find that sparkle again
1: Um, it took me it was definitely
0: that switch of the Western to Eastern uh, mentality and it's kind of from like doctor and being on prescription drugs to exploring the many many realms of Eastern medicine 100% yeah so
1: this the journey I would say we'll try to put it in the most like concise pattern as possible I went from car accident to energy work with Reiki and then neural organizational technique. Neural organizational technique I found in Costa Rica and was gifted to me by one of my sisters um, who really knew I needed it. And in that moment, I started feeling and seeing myself actually here. Um, And that was big. He was asking me things that I had never, ever, really told anybody except for the sister that was with me um, in that experience, and that was to the point of the fact that I had said I wanted to kill myself mm-hmm. and actually done things to manifest that. Um, he asked me flat out, "Do you even want to live?" And I, in those moments, said no. Mm-hmm. And in those in those moments, he was able to do a little bit of work, and it just like triggered me. So that night. Everyone around me actually said, you actually look more here than you ever have. Then it took me a couple years uh, after that, came back, didn't really do too much, then went on to more neural organizational technique two years while I was living in New York that led me then to Peru ayahuasca, San Pedro. um, So the masculine and feminine plant medicines that take you into a deep dive in your super consciousness um, and healing from the inside out. So Southern Indigenous medicines. Um, And then from there, I ended up taking my own practice of uh, I took Reiki, re- received the Master Attunement, um, and then went into Trinity uh, Energy Progression, received that uh, practitioner certificate, and then I was opened up and gifted my own um, experience, which is Lightwave. But that took a few years for me to fully integrate and understand that it is its own unique imprint and energy that opens us up to be able to channel and experience that visionary state Mm -hmm. Uh, so it has been being kind of built up and gifted to me so i work with that primarily for myself um, and then in tangent with the plant medicines. So mm-hmm. those two things are the most integral pieces of my day-to-day in this life, from yeah. that
0: point now. <laughs> I think definitely kind of like what I'm gathering from that is that it's never an overnight shift. It's always going to be you know, doing one thing every single day that brings you closer towards being able to turn that light on again. So the biggest thing I would say in those moments,
1: especially going back to the point of what could you say to somebody who's moving through those difficult times is the fact that it isn't a quick of the flick of the switch kind of experience. It might be a flick of a switch, but what happens is that flick of a switch is a step. Mm -hmm. Then you have a day and then you move on and you have the next day. And if you can really truly bring yourself into the moment and moving each moment to moment, day to day, you start changing everything. And you can actually change in a really rapid pace, but then there's also time to integrate it and really understand the stories that you've told yourself, the stories that you've told others. The experiences that you've chosen to accept and the experiences that you can now choose to accept Mm -hmm. so taking yourself away from doing things that you don't want to do and doing things that serve your heart versus serve your mind and that's the pivotal point I think is like serve your heart before anything and that is what will help embody a more happy, um, holistic kind of viewpoint. So your overall experience
0: can change and shift in those ways. Mm-hmm. I love that. So true. So, okay. So I just want to revo- rewind a bit before we kind of move on and talk Definitely. all things, your business and entrepreneurship and creativity, um, just so that the listeners kind of get just A bit more familiar with your backstory so what brought you to Costa Rica in the first place like you were obviously in a bit of a dark place did your sister grab you and say we're going Um, well in essence yeah but no, not in that way Um,
1: (laughs) she was actually getting married okay so I went for her wedding uh, to go down there and to just take some time and really Mm -hmm. get away from things I was in
0: like after Costa Rica everything changed okay so cool and so you got to see a practitioner down there and then you mentioned that you moved to New York yes so were you in the right headspace to go move to the big city and where did that all come from so
1: that was actually a few years later Um, what actually took place first was a shift in career so I was in marketing so I took business marketing in school okay and I was working for a company and I was in an office all day and that was my first and only full-time job Mm -hmm. Um, in those moments I knew and felt I was depressed, like the worst in in (laughs) a way, because there was no sunlight and there was just this little tiny box and I was sharing a space with uh, somebody that was just triggering me in a lot of ways. So I made a call that I needed to change my career. So I went and within two weeks I took a new program, a new school program, which is a post-grad, an event and took that started a business in Toronto uh, doing events and doing primarily weddings and things just felt like at that moment there was just this like kind of glass ceiling I wasn't really sure things weren't really picking up it was the 2008 recession Mm -hmm. so you kind of it makes sense however at that time I just didn't know what to do and it gave me a little a few kind of like uh, I think it was about a year or two kind of floating between that, like, flux state of, like, yeah. how do I really get this to grow? And then, like, where am I really going? Do I want to be in Toronto? Dealing with a breakup. Dealing with a lot of things that were tr- basically saying, don't be here, mm-hmm. um, which I could have worked against, but I chose not to because I had this dream. So, anyways, sometimes I go off on tangents. Oh, that's okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had a dream and the dream told me to go to move to New York 10, on 10-10-10, and I decided to set a goal for myself because in those moments, I had already known a little bit about uh, the secret and a little bit about what you could do with manifesting powers. I mean, I manifested a car accident. I could manif- like mm-hmm. manifest anything, So, but I wasn't really looking at it in that way, I guess, at that point. Um I decided that I would say 10, 10, 10, I'd move and with $10,000 because I just didn't understand how I could go without money in my pocket. Uh, I ended up going down there, I didn't have a job um, on hand, but I actually had been reaching out to the top of the industry. I had a goal in mind that I wanted to work with Preston Bailey. When I was in school, I said, this is the thing that I want to do. I want to go to New York. I want to work with the top tier designer of the world in events. That was my goal. And it was just like such a big thing for me, uh, just because it was like, it, it was the large scale production. It was the, the level that he's been seen at, the fact that he's a, a very caring, very open, and his story as well, like his story really always inspired me. The fact mm-hmm. that he just kind of decided to do a few flowers here and there, and it just started growing and it grew into the, such an epic experience. So I wanted to learn from the best. And I started sending, like like sending emails. And then before I moved, I said, you know what? Not getting a lot of feedback, I'm gonna send something really big. So I ended up making a jack in the box. And this jack in the box was two by two by two. And it was this massive thing that was like black and red and just like super, we will say like old school almost like what are those cubes? Oh, I can't think of the name, but like those children's little, little like those no. children's blocks that are just like with like the painted letters and things like okay. that. So like very yeah. simple but yet also to the point of dramatic. So mm. as it opened, it was two heads would represented of his and mine and in his masquerade masks and in the the back was all the New York City highlights. So I picked up the key pieces of what like New York City was to me from an outsider and probably to anybody who ever <laughs> has just thought of what is New York. Well, you think of the Yellow Cabs, you think of the Statue of Liberty, you think of the Empire State Building, and all of those pieces were in the back. And then a sparkling sky. And I just sent a little letter and said to him, let's paint the city red together. And I knew in that moment when I was sending this piece that it had significance. Um, and so when I sent it, I hadn't yet moved there. I moved there and within, I think a month's time for a month or two time frame, I ended up working an event, um, where he had partnered with another industry leader that I had been, um, kind of pursuing as well. Really loved her stuff, really wanted to work with her. And I was able to right off the bat as well. Mm-hmm. And. So he did this massive Barbie in this space. It was at the Knot Magazine Gala right away. Um, it was in like the fall sometime. Anyways, so I, w- I walked up to him and I was like, I'm gonna, yeah, I, I've got balls. I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. I just moved to New York. I can do this. You're like, did you get my jack in the box? Yes. <laughs> exactly. And he goes, yes. He's just like, I loved it so much. I'm sorry I was supposed to send you, like I wanted to send you a letter or whatever about it. And then he said, we kept it inside the office and up for six weeks. And I was just like, wow. And that's all it was at that moment. That's all the conversation was. And I walked away with that knowingness in my heart that made me continue to push and pursue that avenue as an idea to work with him and under his umbrella. Yeah. So eventually within like, I think six months, I ended up working freelance and working uh, with his executive producer. And that man that was the executive producer was one of uh, the most pivotal teachers in my career to really empower me to see my worth, to see my value and to recognize that I had something and a gift to, to bring to this world. Cause I came to him with a book in my hand, like literally as if it was were to take it off of a bookshelf in a store kind of yeah. thing, and brought it to him, and he's just like, "This is amazing. Would love to see what you can do. Um, come in, blah blah." And it yeah. just like off. We went off from there, and he's just he's just such a dear friend still. So, so cool. Really grateful for how things unfold because sometimes you go into experiences expecting it to be one thing, but then you receive something else. So being able to work for somebody like that and having set goals and like that. I now can understand what a small-scale event, experience, uh, space, whatever it might be, um, exhibit, as in like art installations, Mm -hmm. what that can cost and in terms of time, money, logistics, all of that, to large-scale, multi-million dollar um, kind of build-outs, what that will look like, what kind of time, money, Mm -hmm. um, logistics that will really kind of take on and... That to me, having that flexibility, uh is really is really important for me because I like to be able to create
0: big things. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and we'll definitely get into that. I think like one of the key takeaways of that story that you just told (laughs) is that going above and beyond, like sending the jack in box jack in a box or Whatever it is that you're doing, like go the extra mile, plant the extra seed because that is what makes you stand out and what brought you here today is that you've obviously done that more than once in your life. Yes. Um, (laughs) You know, I remember when I was applying for one of my dream jobs back in the day and it was before like everyone had cameras and everyone was filming and editing videos. Like this was like a decade ago and I filmed a video of myself and sent it with my resume, and people thought I was insane. And they were like, what are you doing? Like, that's such a gesture. You know, you're applying to like a corporate job, and here you are filming yourself being like, what's your favorite product? But I just knew that I needed to differentiate myself and go above and beyond, and that was the seed that was eventually planted that flourished into getting a dream job. So, I mean, just a lesson for anyone who's still in a career transition or is looking to make one, like just start sending the jacket in a boxes because that is what really is going to put you ahead of everyone else. And it's just a matter of, it's like a form of manifestation. Like you're actually putting out into the world what you want and, and leaving those clues. That's all it is. Exactly. And eventually the clues will find you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really cool lesson from your story that's a huge huge one and i believe in addition to that a lot of
1: what i notice is people hold back because of their fears around money what it might cost in order to do that Mm -hmm. Um, you know a video isn't as high cost as what sending like a large scale gift um, can be a lot of times we hold back from doing things because we're not sure if somebody's gonna like it or we're not sure if we can afford that cost at Mm -hmm. the time. Um, But those those plus of many other kind of excuses that we can make up in our mind are literally only blocks saying, but can you really go after your dreams? Mm -hmm. And that's only your little ego critic saying, but do you really have what it takes? And yes, you do. You have every ability to do what it takes To achieve your dreams Mm -hmm. because everything is possible so long as you truly trust in your vision Mm -hmm. and go after it
0: yeah yeah and I really think that that is why so many people feel trapped in their 9 to 5 job is because they don't that they don't trust themselves and they don't take time to trust their vision and so instead they end up being unhappy and um, unwilling to invest in The potential and the opportunity that Mm -hmm. could lie on the other side of whatever it is that they're doing
1: and someone's in a nine-to-five job and they don't want to take the risk of say just leaving up and leaving the Mm -hmm. job or up and making a big shift just take a small step and that small step could literally be instead of working from one office space go to something that's across across the hall. Mm -hmm. That alone might change everything. It might change the people coming down the hall. All of a sudden, maybe that person that was walking down the hall before that didn't see you, all of a sudden they do. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, there's another opportunity within the company that might be able to be presented to them because suddenly you're no longer on the left, you're on the right. Mm -hmm. And because I'm always looking to the right, now I see you. And now I can provide you that opportunity and say, "Hey, I actually have another role that might actually fit you because I see how creative you are and how mm-hmm. much you dress up your space." So just those little steps, those little subtle actions, can make
0: a world of a difference. That's yeah, yeah. I am obsessed with that concept. I'm so glad you brought it up. <laughs> um, I just think that. A, as human beings we are not meant to be stagnant right and we need to be constantly evolving but the society that we live in in north america really encourages routine eating the same thing every day taking the same um, drive to work every day sitting in the same office you know we get caught in this bubble and i realized this few years ago that that i could not live that life and be a happy person and that's when i really set on my own visionary path but I love that you say it can be the simplest of change. It does not need to be um, upping and leaving your job. It does just need to be shifting your work environment. Or, um, yeah, if you're feeling stagnant and that you're not growing anymore at work, just do something tiny. Ask for a different office. Redecorate your space. Um, Stop associating with the person who brings you down and instead go make new friends. And for myself, I know, um, I rent co-working spaces in the city cuz I don't have an office at home. And I've been through four co-working spaces in 12 months, and that's because every time I start to feel a little bit stagnant in that space, I just up and go find another one, and it's so cool to think about the people I've met along these 12 months in each co-working space. And they've each offered me something very different that I needed in that moment. And most recently, I was craving to learn more about online marketing and to really grow my impact in my business. And just in divine timing, I, I decided, you know what, this one co-working space is not good. I'm going to go move to another one. And everyone's like, well, it's farther. Why are you going there? And go figure, I end up meeting someone who became my mentor in online marketing and It happened within weeks, but it was because I wasn't afraid to make that small shift. And so anyways, without going too far off tangent, I just love that you say it's, you know, we do need to constantly evolve in order to grow. Um, So I think that's definitely a a take home message. But isn't
1: it funny because a lot of people don't associate evolution to making a switch of location. It could be coffee shop to coffee shop if you're that freelancer that can Mm -hmm. do that. It might be co-working space to co-working space Um, but whatever it is it's a small step and that's a big evolutionary step in your Mm. whole journey even if it is just a literally switch of locations Mm. like it's the same it's the same concept it's a co-working space same concept a coffee shop but it's still something new. Mm -hmm. There's still new people, new vibes, new energies, all of that conspiring for you. And if you're listening to the voice inside your mind and you're really hearing saying, oh my God, I would really love to be at Love Child Social House right now. Like that's where I need to go. Or like, no, actually Mm -hmm. it's creator class. Like I need to be at free space. I need to be connecting with those people. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden you're listening to that and you're like, oh, wait a minute, but I'm at this space. And this space isn't either of those spaces and those people are so different than this environment might be or working at a coffee shop might be you have a whole different um, community
0: so really paying attention to that voice is so pivotal totally the vision I get is almost um, like when you're at the hospital and you're connected to the vitals and it goes up and down it's like beep beep that's kind of like as we make these shifts as visionary entrepreneurs it's like Okay, you make a shift and you go to that beep high and then all of a sudden you encounter fear or you make a mistake and you fail and you go beep and you go down. But that's like vital, right? That's how you live. And when someone dies, they flatten out, right? Mm -hmm. And that's routine. That's not growing. That's being stagnant. And that's what leads us to ultimately, maybe you don't physically die, but you die a little bit inside because you're not um, going through those highs and lows of challenging yourself and experiencing you know the good and bad that comes through that and totally. so the waves are necessary waves. <laughs> yeah. okay awesome so I would love to move into let's chat about your business and entrepreneurship a little bit um, the majority of our listeners are curious about entrepreneurship or they have their own business and I think what you have created with your business is absolutely amazing so I'd love to focus on that a bit. But first of all, could you describe what is your business? It's Nemea.com basically.
1: <laughs> um,
0: describe to the listener what it is that you do and what falls under your umbrella.
1: So to me, my business is me and I am Nimea Arihanna. Um, I am a visionary artist. I'm a designer. I create space. Um, I create interior sets, art installations and so much more. Um, but I'm also a writer and I'm a healer. So, I am a multidisciplinary um, experience as a whole, but my business is me. At the end of the day, I'm here to help empower and inspire others to lead a life that fulfills their heart, their dreams, their passions, and their desires. And that's through their creative gifts. So, by being able to own that and do that for myself, it starts with art, um, all uh, art and like healing are kind of side by side Mm -hmm. Uh, for me I guess because it starts with spirit what's the thing it's like at the end of the day I am a, a however you describe it if you want to say the universe or god or spirit or energy whatever the way that you describe it I follow that I follow my heart throughout everything I listen to the voices inside my mind and act upon them Upon my dreams, and we have these dreams, so I try to empower others to follow their own dreams. So, by doing that for myself, I've always been an artist at heart, um, but never considered myself that. So, as, a, as an event designer and spatial designer, in the when I was in New York and um, living there, working there, I that's how I posed myself. Because we all just make up our own titles
0: at the end of the day. (laughs) So true. And we shouldn't be afraid to either. Exactly. I call myself a visionary entrepreneur and I'm sure some people are like, what does that even mean? I'm like, I made it up.
1: (laughs) But there is a reason for it. And the more that you act upon those things, the more that it's triggering not just in your own journey but also for others' journeys. So understanding that a visionary artist to me and a visionary entrepreneur to me is somebody who is seeing something that is not there. Mm -hmm. And then it is bringing it out and into the forefront. So when I work as a healer, I'm helping individuals one-to-one. And in those experiences or in group settings um, also, um, when in those settings, I'm helping individuals dive into themselves so that they can clear out their closets per se and actually come up with those ideas and with those, those thoughts that can truly Mm. make them have those steps and take those steps like we were talking about before of just the trigger of thought and saying maybe i don't want to work from this place today maybe Mm -hmm. i want to work here that thought if we're not clear it won't come through Mm. or we just won't hear it in the right way then we'll go somewhere that will add to a bad day versus a good day so um i help empower other visionaries um access that visionary sense so taking them on a shamanic journey um opening up their visual um and frontal cortex to be able to experience heightened states transcendental experiences Mm -hmm. then i integrate that into my artwork and my art um i channel it as like um spirit essence, I don't really know how to describe it right now. Um, (laughs) So I channel that and I allow it to come through into me that's writing. But I'm also a writer um, and I've always been a writer, always been a poet, um, always allowing that into my reel Mm -hmm. of of processes. But I'm actually writing my first book right now. So it's been a couple years in the process. um, And I'm just working with an editor right now who is kind of reviewing it to get some feedback because a lot of times if we're in our own head and in our own process, uh, sometimes we miss a few things. So mm-hmm. it's about a journey to help empower others to be able to find and discover their own sense of self and that is their own sense of soul's purpose um, and being able to move into those uh, more visionary states.
0: Yeah, this is so fascinating. <laughs> I feel like your business is very much, it's of course built around you, but it's built around you know, your mission and like your vision for what you want to do. And then it's almost like what you do within that will change. You know, you'll work as a healer, you'll work as an artist, as an author, as a writer, as I mean, a designer, exactly. designer and, and that's always going to change. That's okay. But the overarching concept of empowering women and, and like you just said, mm-hmm. that is the core so so much so and creating an experience Mm -hmm. Uh, all
1: of it is to create an experience that will really truly speak to the higher senses in life so engaging the mind in a new way Mm -hmm. so whatever it is that I do I start from the inner and then work outer and that's the core
0: of it Mm -hmm. and yeah again like I'm pulling so many like life (laughs) lessons from our conversation already but for anyone who wants to start a business and maybe doesn't know, oh, what am I gonna sell or what are my services gonna be? You don't have to know. It just, like, what kind of business do you want to create and what would be your ideal mission? And then throw it under you. Like, you know, I have kind of KelseyRiedel.com and I am many things. Some days I'm a fitness instructor. Some days I'm a business coach. Some days I'm a nutritionist. And that's always gonna be changing, but I always knew that I wanted my business to reflect who I was and what made me feel good and what gifts I felt I had in that moment or in that year. And, you know, that is naturally going to change as I change, Um, but my overarching purpose is always to help guide others to live their most visionary life. So, hey, what I do, (laughs) that could change, like, 20 fold over the next 10 years, but I think the purpose remains the same. And so anyone can start a business is kind of what I'm getting at through that.
1: 100% and my belief is you can throw any title out there that you want, but at the root and the core of it at every business, every entrepreneur, you are a creator and the first thing that you ever created was yourself. Mm -hmm. And then if you really go back to the journey of who you've been your whole life Watching your story as if it's a movie playing before your mind Look at who were you when you were three? Who were you when you were five? What were the things that you wanted to do? What were the things that you would only do and then really look at how that's transformed and evolved over the years? And maybe it's going back to those roots for me it was For me, it was literally going back to the time I was born and rewalking that journey for myself. But then there's also points of just saying, oh, I really liked this, I didn't like this. And you just kind of pick and grab, and then you get to make because you are a creator. So if you really like the physical world, then you, are like physical uh, manifestations and physical mm. um, material kind of objects, then you're gonna go towards material goods. You're going to build a product-based business. But if you're somebody who's always been service-oriented and always just wanted to help people, then you're gonna mm. go towards service-based experiences. But if you're a, what I believe, a lot of the visionaries are, is a mix of the both, they're actually going to hit both. Now that might be in your product-based business, you might be a fashion designer, but you're also a life coach because you're also supporting those that are in your world and in your employment who are also leading their own lives and then also the customers that you receive. So empowering them to you know understand why These pieces, why these services, all
0: that stuff has value. Mm Yeah, very cool. Um, So I feel like your business is definitely—I want to say even like more spiritual and uh, is has a softer side. But do you ever have to get into that more like entrepreneurial? Have a business plan. um, You know, hustle, hustle, hustle. The typical things that people think of when they think if I'm an entrepreneur, this is what it's going to look like. So what does that look like for you having that more, um, hard business shell? 100% business planning is
1: pivotal, important, and key. Um, as so actually when I went and uh, was building my first business, um, in just purely event design, I never built a business plan, even though I had business background, I just knew I could just do it. So I just did it by the fly. Like, See my whatever yeah. like on the fly, <laughs> did it on the fly. Gotcha. <laughs> and that went it went really well. I was able to grow really rapidly. However, I wasn't able to forecast because I wasn't tracking. I wasn't really having a clear vision and clear brand focus. Now I had a brand, but it wasn't very specific, very focused, very narrowed in. Um, Because I was still learning and discovering myself now. Mm -hmm. We're always going to be going through that So I'm always going to be going through that and as a brand it's going to evolve. However Reintegrating that um, those lessons into this part of my business definitely going back and utilizing now how to build out large-scale events and projects Large-scale projects are the same thing as building out a business plan. Actually, a lot of times they're more complicated. Yeah, I imagine like
0: <laughs> for sure. Uh,
1: business plan is really a guiding post. So as a creator, uh, we start with vision boards. Uh, so that is something that I brought into my business planning process as well. So I believe that everything has to start with a vision. Uh, even if it's your own journey in your own life. We need vision boards. We need to see what our goals, our ideas, and what that looks visually, especially if you're a visual uh, learner or a visual creator. So building that and then building out what is like that client uh, focus, what is that ideal client? And maybe you don't have the words for it because a lot of times business plans are very wordy Mm -hmm. and sometimes people don't have the words for it. But if you can step into the role of just being that visionary and having a vision for it, Have that image of there's this beautiful moment that I listened to Gabrielle Bernstein speak and she was talking about when she had Was writing her first book. She would just every say every single day visualize um, Her ideal client on the subway reading her book Mm -hmm. And then one day she walked onto the subway and looked and saw that basically specific person And was reading her book so the power of our mind the power of our vision has so much value so while yes there is a lot of logistical planning that you need to sit down and have a mind for Mm -hmm. there's a lot of creative process in it there's a lot of creative process to be found in it if you don't see it there can be you can create it and draw it up very much in tune with your brand um, as well or um, in addition to that I guess I would say is you can truly allow yourself to feel free to move in the day-to-day process with that as well so a lot of entrepreneurial um, coaches out there say that you need to be work 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 really hard and leave play for later I disagree with that mm-hmm. I believe it's play 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 and all of that should be work as well like it's it's work In the same thing so I see play and work as the same unit Mm -hmm. Um, so I am somebody who believes in the people that I'm serving are the people that I'm gonna be friends with the people that are my peers the people that I'm creating with um, evolving with Mm -hmm. and inspiring the world with so I'm going to be playing with those individuals because that's when ideas continually flow, continually allow ourselves to build upon, and then they evolve. So then that's where collaboration comes in because it, our journeys aren't solo. We have many. So allowing ourselves to be open to talk about ideas with our peers is really pivotal because that's where you can balance the play and work and not feel like you're running thin because a lot of careers have very long days a lot of careers aren't necessarily where they can get up and go for yoga in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can do that, but not every day. There are some days where it's really long. But because I've chosen a flexible career path where there are multiple different roles I take on, um, I've been able to create that for myself. I believe that every individual should look at their life and say what do I want Mm -hmm. to experience for myself instead of what do I want to build as a business? Because that is only a reflection of who you are and what kind of life you wanna build in your world. Some people just wanna be family people. Mm -hmm. Some people really wanna make an impact and that impact can be in business, that impact can be in your day to day. You can make an impact just with one person. So really look at what kind of life and lifestyle do you want to live Mm -hmm. and how can you build a business in and around that? Yeah.
0: So fascinating. Um, One of my mentors talks a lot about alignment and um, this chat with you about like balancing work and play and making sure that you have enough play so that you're creative in your work. It really brings up um, this conversation that she was having around alignment and someone wrote in to her saying, how, how many hours a day do you work? And her response was, well, that changes every day as an entrepreneur because what I really focus on every day is spending as much time as I need to getting into alignment or playing or doing the things that really light me up and the things that make me happy and then with whatever time is left, I work, because that's when the ideas flow, right? Mm-hmm. So she gets done in two hours, what a lot of people spend 20 hours doing because you know, they're not in alignment, for example. But she says, you know, I do everything I need to to get in alignment and then things flow and I crush out my work and that's the balance that I need. So yeah, I just think that a lot of society is missing, whether you call it alignment or play, or just doing more things that fill you up like that will lead you to the next step and to the work that needs to be done but Especially as an entrepreneur,
1: play is important because play is also networking. Mm -hmm. So relationship building is a key fundamental for any business's growth. If you are not out in the world connecting with other individuals, other humans, other businesses, other brands, then you're not going to be able to create the contacts that you need to either sell your products or to sell your services and to share your story. So a lot of times, when we hide away, uh, we're hiding from something that we're possibly scared of. And a lot of times that's human connection, especially in this day and age. We are very social media oriented, very technology oriented. And while that's so pivotal for our growth, technology is so needed, it also takes away a layer. So we need to add that extra layer in to connect with others in real life. Most Important advice I would ever say is just connect with people, and then alignment will happen. Like it'll just take off.
0: Yeah, I think for sure one thing that I'm realizing is that talking to people is a key element of your business. Like I, I'm really good at getting out there, and that's one thing that I haven't really struggled with. But I'm not the type that always strikes up random conversations. But when I do, or when someone strikes up a conversation with me that I wouldn't normally chat with, it is so incredible what can come with that you know, human connection of just talking to someone and learning about what skills they have, what they do, what they like, you know, filling their Friday night with. And there's always something that can come from that. So, you know, just getting out and chatting and it's so important, especially if you work as an entrepreneur on your own a lot. I think that you, you definitely, like you said, have to make the effort to get out there because that's a big piece of building your business is staying relevant by getting out. Um, yeah, (laughs) it's easy to stay, stay in and in the comfort of our apartments and our condos. But you know, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, talking to people and and meeting up is absolutely Mm -hmm. essential. You don't have to go to places that are
1: of discomfort
0: either. Go to places
1: that are comfortable because that's where you're going to meet those others that are of like mind. And those Mm -hmm. are the people that are going to buy the products and the services that you have um not always sometimes you have a very niche experience that maybe isn't serving somebody that you you individually are but to me as somebody who is following into alignment with like I'm creating a brand around who I am then it is pivotal for me to be speaking to others that are of like mind yeah
0: yeah absolutely surround yourself with like-minded people um So what would you say is the most challenging part about being an entrepreneur and owning your own business? Getting up and getting out. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Timely question. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So
0: do you find that most days you are kind of in your home and which your home is your studio. So do you spend most of your time here?
1: 100% I do spend the most of my time at home. However, I've been making massive headway in terms of doing things outside of the, um, the space, well, I'll call this the office space, I guess, yeah. um, more, because uh, it helps me get more creative. It also, it gets me outside. Being alone is something that I was always doing. I've always been that way, I've always worked, mm-hmm. where it was like, I mean, I think that there were some times, at one point in my life where it was like 95% of my year, almost, Like, was just me alone working Mm -hmm. in my own studio space. Were you kind
0: of like a workaholic or more just introverted?
1: 100% both. Uh, I was, especially because I was dealing a lot with the depression thoughts and like the deeper, darker kind of experiences in my mind, that prevented me from feeling confident enough to get outside however slow changes over time has really pushed those boundaries so now it doesn't even matter i'll go out and i'll totally like mm-hmm. make sure but i make sure that i go out at least two to three times a day oh, so good. Yeah. while it might seem like i'm here the majority of the time i'm still out a lot as well yeah. mm-hmm. i think it's the most important thing for me yeah
0: cool and what would you say i know we've touched on a lot of things but <laughs> what's your favorite part about being an entrepreneur that I get to make
1: my own schedule, mm-hmm. but also that I get to live my own passion. Yes. And I get to create what comes through my mind. Mm-hmm. And I get to work with really inspiring, really beautiful people um, and help the world in a really big way. Even if it's a, it's beautifying a space that is empowering energy, mm-hmm. that's empowering our earth, that's empowering others who walk through it. Um, all of those things are major key factors. and surely
0: by living your passion you're probably inspiring more people than you know to actually go after theirs as well right I hope so <laughs> whether you know that they're following you or watching you from afar or not I think that you know we need more people to walk that visionary path to show that for others it is possible mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to ask you a quick question on creativity so Do you ever have days as a visionary artist that you don't feel creative or when it's just not flowing? And if so, what do you do when things just aren't clicking?
1: 100% that happens. And I think that that happens with everybody. So if there's anybody out there who is a creative or wants to be more creative and feels like I'm just stuck, um, just first off, accept it. Because those days happen. Sometimes we need to look at something else in our life. Or sometimes yeah. we're just literally called. Like there's been days where I have had so much energy pouring through me. But it's like I'm just, I can't do anything except for a walk. Mm-hmm. So I've just literally gotten up and out of the house and just walked. And all of a sudden I've been taken on this journey through the city because all my energy wants to do is just walk Mm -hmm. to meet someone or see a new space, get inspired in some way, and it's literally just the energy has driven me to see something new so that I can return and find something um, new for me to create with. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot of different things that I do a lot uh running clears my mind yeah. walking clears my mind I really love the idea of being able to go out and kind of like role play and like sit down at a coffee shop and just give yourself a break and just say okay who's that person what's their life like and then start envisioning their stories start envisioning their experience and see how that works inside your mind. Just doing something that's, that's such like a playful cool thing. stuff that we used to do when we were yeah. kids, right? That's a
0: way that anyone can get creative. Like go to a coffee shop, order a coffee, yeah. and then everyone who walks in, like you said, make up a story for them. Exactly. Storytell. Exactly. So cool. And you get
1: the tidbits, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone leaves tidbits of their story mm-hmm. if you're paying attention or not they are leaving tidbits and you get to witness it and experience it. And then if you choose, you get to expand upon it. And then if you choose to go a step further, you get to serve it. So in those moments, it doesn't just bring up a story that you're interplaying with. Mm -hmm. It also then gives you purpose, Reason and potentially a solution to one of your problems. Mm-hmm. So then you get to create a new product, a new service, a new whatever that maybe you were really needing just by allowing yourself to make up a story and That's play so as cool. if you were like a little girl again.
0: Mm-hmm. Like the best. Way. I love that. I'm definitely gonna try that next week. Um, I, and I I have these days where I wake up and I know I have so much that I want to create and do but it's just not flowing and I've only just started to honor that instead of sitting at my computer and being frustrated and pretending to work for a few hours. It's like, no, it's not happening today. Yep. Get up, go do something else. And I think that's um, super important. Okay. So we'll wrap this up. We've been chatting for quite some time. um, Because we are in the city of Toronto and we record this podcast face to face. I just wanna know, what do you love about this city and what's inspiring you about Toronto right now? It is continually evolving. And
1: there is a draw, there is an energy here that is inspiring the world right now. I truly believe there is a shift happening inside this city that some are privy to, are noticing, are witnessing the experience kind of unfolding. But it's been happening for quite some time and there are some mega artists out there that have been leading that way And I think that we all know some of them who have been kind of out there, but by the fact that we can see what others are out there creating and doing we know that there is ability to tap into this city and evolve it on the worldly stage. Mm -hmm. So that means that every individual in the city, they can look at what is their part in the role of the play, like what is their role in the play of Toronto? Mm -hmm. How, if we know that Toronto is evolving, Toronto is empowering the artist, it's empowering the visionary senses, Mm -hmm. because you can see it written all over the walls in the city if you really look at it. There are signs and symbols every which way to up the vibe, to shift a consciousness and allow us to really evolve as creators. Ask yourself, what role do you want to play in Toronto's story or what role are you playing? And worlds will start opening up, I think, for every Mm. single person who asks that because you're serving not just yourself, the city, but you're also serving a higher
0: purpose. And that is the source of the consciousness that is. So cool. That gives me so much to reflect on. And now on my bike ride home, I'm going to be looking for the signs everywhere. I just think that's such an awesome way to end. So thank you so much for being on the Visionary Life podcast. I truly think you are one of the most visionary artists and persons in this city. And I applaud you for all that you're doing and your creative endeavors and i hope to have you back on the show one day to chat all things visionary once again so thank you thank you so much kelsey it's been an absolute joy and i very much look forward to coming back and speaking with you awesome. more and thanks for the whoopie pie it was oh, delicious my pleasure. i gobbled mine up <laughs> through the episode <laughs> That's a wrap on this week's episode with Namaya Ariana. I would really encourage you to check her out. You can find her just on her website or her Instagram at her name, Namaya Ariana. And definitely reach out to her if you're inspired by her story and enjoy what she's creating. And let her know that you listen to the podcast. So as always, my intention here is to build community and conversation around the topics that we discuss on the podcast. So be sure to join the Insiders community. Just search Visionary Life on Facebook. This is where we talk about the episodes and I share a lot of my favorite books, podcasts, tools, tips, tricks, etc. You can also find me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell, That's R-E-I-D-L. And if you could please rate and review this podcast on iTunes, I would be so appreciative. It really just helps to kind of give me a high five on the iTunes charts and allow more eyes to find the podcast and help us to grow this community and this visionary life initiative. I'll talk to you guys next week.